Hi, my name is Ed Kozell, and welcome to Conversations with Calistoga, a periodic set of podcasts covering events, topics, and people relevant to our community. Topography, geography, and economics leave our town a bit isolated, so hopefully this series will add some color to our landscape and substance to some of our discussions. The hope is that this series takes form and critical mass over the next months and weaves itself into the fabric of our extended community. I'd love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and comments. Send them to Calistoga Conversations, one word, at gmail.com. Again, that's Calistoga Conversations at gmail.com. Hi, this is Ed Kozell. I'm here this afternoon with Jim Flamson, longtime uh, resident of Calistoga. So, Jim, how long have you been in Calistoga? Well, Ed, um, actually, I moved here when I was four months old, so I'm not a native Calistogan, but that was in August of 1950. So in another two weeks, I will be a 70-year resident of uh, Calistoga, short a couple months of the August. But, yeah, it's, um, it's been my home. I left uh, in the late 60s, early 70s to go to college, and then after I got married, we moved to L.A. for two years, and quickly got that out of our system and came back and we've been here ever since. So I've spent the vast majority of my life as Calistogan. So where were you technically born? I was born in San Luis Obispo, California. Uh, my dad was just graduating from Cal Poly mm -hmm. and his first teaching job out of college was Calistoga. So they moved up here, bought a house in August for $8,500 on Grant Street across from the high school and we lived in that house. I was raised in that house. And in fact, my mother uh, sold it about nine years ago. So it was the family home for a very long time. Mm. Yep. Did you ever consider going back into that house as an adult? Um, ironically, my, when, when my father passed away, about eight years after that, my mother remarried. And Bob had a son, John Manderfeld, who is my age. And he bought the house. So we still have Christmases there and dinners there. It's almost still the family home. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. So you, all of your, your living memories are of Calistoga. So you, yes. you, as a child, you grew up here. I, yes. What was it like when you were young in the 50s? <laughs> First, it, it was a fantastic place to grow up. It was like Mayberry. And I can remember there were about 2,500 people in the community then. And on a Friday night, you could shoot a cannon down Lincoln Avenue and probably not hit a thing. There was just no activity. Tourism wasn't here yet. Um, it was walnuts and prunes. Certainly there were grapes, but not until the 70s did they really become the crop that they are today. And so I picked prunes as a child. I picked great uh, walnuts as a teenager to make a few dollars. And, um, but you knew everybody in town. You walked down the street and you knew everybody by name. And being a little kid, they all knew me because my dad was a teacher. And um, it was just a great place to grow up. I, you know, you felt safe. Um, real sense of community. Is it true that they used to adjust the, the start of school according to the harvest weather? Absolutely. Yeah. Back, and also, um, back then, the uh, Hispanic population was non-existent. The ones that came to school, there were only three in my class. Um, the rest would come and, and pick, and that's when that was done, then school would start, and they would all be gone. 
So it was a, it was an entirely different population mix back then. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the school never really seemed to start at the same time every year, <laughs> and the summers were longer. We could get like three months summer vacation, and now it's like a month and a half, I guess. But uh, yes. Anyway, uh, it was all those in-service days. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, so, what did your father teach? What what my, brought him here? And did my, he come voluntarily, or was this he the... interviewed in three communities? Uh, he interviewed Hillsburg, Sebastopol, and Calistoga, and the lowest offer was Calistoga, and he took it because when they drove up here, they fell in love with the town. So, I could have been raised in Sebastopol, I could have been raised in Hillsburg, but we luckily settled in Calistoga. He got his degree at Cal Poly in agriculture, and so he was the VOAG teacher in the high school, plus he was the industrial arts teacher. He taught wood shop and things like that, and um, they had a really strong ag program. The LaFranchi brothers were all students of his, and they went on to win all kinds of awards with their Angus beef and everything, and I can, some of my greatest childhood memories were fair time in Calistoga and in Santa Rosa, the Sonoma County Fair, because he would take all of his ag students and they'd spend a week sleeping on the ground over in Santa Rosa with their sheep and cows and it was just a, and, and they'd win all kinds of awards. So it was it was a interesting upbringing from that standpoint. Now, if it was anything like Healdsburg, there was an equal number of churches and bars. Almost to the, to the number, yeah. And that's about all there were. <laughs> uh, some of the restaurants, as you will recall in a book that I gave you, would put a sign up that said fine food because they thought that would make them stand out. But there really weren't any fine meals in Calistoga back then that I can recall. Uh, but yes, there, were, there was a church on every corner and a bar in every block. And um, yeah, that's, that's true. So it was really a, an agricultural town. Yeah, it, um, you know, the, the walnut factory at the end of walnut, uh, Washington Street was a center hub during harvest. The, you'd see the trucks go by with all the walnuts and everything. And um, I did pick a few grapes as a child, but it just wasn't that big of a deal at the time. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a farming community. Um, you know, there was Pachita's Resort, as I recall, and Nance's Hot Springs, which are now all part of Indian Springs, um, and Wilkinson's, and that was about it. No bed and breakfasts, no motels anything like that. And uh, like I say, it, the town dried up over the weekend. It's, with one exception, everything south of Lincoln, or I guess it would be east of Lincoln Avenue on Washington down to the corporation yard was pretty much owned by Europeans from San Francisco. And they would come on the weekends. We called them weekenders. And they would come and stay and take the baths at the pools. Um, but then they'd go home Sunday night. And... Um, there was that, that was just about the whole the whole gist of the of the tourism that we got, and were they the, weren't really tourists; they were part-time residents of Calistoga. And were those the White Russians? That, they were the White Russians, exactly. Okay. Yep. So I guess and Italians, a lot of Italians. Oh, okay. You mm -hmm. can still hear Russians uh, occasionally on the streets. Of yes, you do. Yes, you do. But but not to the extent that. Not like it was back then. Like no, because yeah, we were you know we were close enough to San Francisco that that uh, they could drive up for a weekend. And, and ironically, that makes me think that I think the turning point in the tourism industry in Calistoga was gas, gas rationing 
in 72 and 73, or 71, 72, because people couldn't go very far, but they could drive to Calistoga and back home on a tank of gas. And because it was odd and even rationing, they would drive up on a Saturday, or on a Friday, and they couldn't return until Sunday, because Saturday they couldn't buy gas. So we became sort of, it, it, Tahoe was too far, uh, any, you know, the Central Coast was too far, but Calistoga was driving distance from San Francisco. And I think that's when the tourism business really started here, uh, personal opinion, but it just, I, it's what I observed. John Logvi uh, of mm -hmm. Logvi, Logvi Park uh, uh, Heritage was, was Russian, wasn't he? Uh, that I don't know for sure, but quite possibly, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I did not know John that well. Mm -hmm. I knew of him mm -hmm. um, and his property, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so it's interesting, uh, anybody that comes to town relatively quickly learns that there's two Orthodox churches here, which is pretty unusual. <laughs> yeah, I, very I, unusual. One, so. And, and they have a different philosophy about who's coming when. <laughs> but they get along. They, they, they get, I used, when, when I had my insurance business, I insured the Holy Assumption Monastery, but not the other church. And so I was privy to some of the areas that public can't get into. Like, you can go in the chapel, but to get in and really see the icons that are in there, it was just so impressive. And they're, they're, they're just such wonderful people. You know? And that was back before it was um, populated with nuns. It was mostly just a, a church. Yeah. So when did you decide to, you went away to university? Yeah. yeah. I, I graduated from Calistoga High School in 68 class of 36 students, uh, which was an average size back then. I'm not sure what it is today. Um, went to Cal Poly, got my degree in just over four years with a bachelor's degree in, in business administration, and went to work for an insurance brokerage in Los Angeles, in Anaheim. And he was a personal friend of my father's. My dad, let me back up a second, dad taught school here for 13 years. And in 1963, he left teaching and built an insurance agency in Calistoga. And so from 63 to 74, he and my mom were in that business. And my mom in 68 started an income tax preparation business in the office. And she was also the clerk of the justice court in Calistoga, which was in that same building. And um, I went to work for the Hal Parker Company in LA with the plan that I would l work there for two years, learn the insurance business, and then come up and form a partnership with my dad, and the rest would be history. And in January of 74, he got sick, and in April of 74, passed away from cancer at the age of 51. So I changed everything. Kathy and I packed up and moved to Calistoga to salvage the business, because my mom couldn't run it. And I had that until 2000, at the end of 2007, I sold the insurance agency, kept the tax practice. I was doing taxes for almost 40 years. And then I just sold that a year ago, a little over a year ago right now, and retired. What was Calistoga like when you and Kathy came back up here? It was, um, it was a little bigger, but not much. It was still all volunteer fire department. Um, I worked before I, before I left to go to college, and while I was at college during the summers, I drove ambulance in Calistoga. 
and it, it was based in the local convalescent hospital, and you'd get a phone call in the middle of the night that they needed an ambulance, and you'd go to it. But I also joined the fire department when we moved back, and so I became involved in the community that way. And I was in the fire department for a number of years, actually served as fire chief, um, all volunteer. And then one of the last things I did before I got out of the fire department was try to convince the city fathers that we needed a paid couple of paid firefighters because my last year in the fire department, I responded to over 500 calls, many of them during the day, and I'd have to lock up my office to go do it because not many of us were available. And they ended up hiring a chief, two paid firefighters, and now we've got a 100% paid fire department, and probably one of the best you can find. So I, I take a little ownership of that, you know. <laughs> but it was, you know, the, the firemen, as you saw in the book, were held in high esteem bunch of good people we did the best we could with the equipment we had um, and it just made you feel like you were a part of your community but Calistoga itself was starting to change we were starting to to get some um, new people in town they built the Riverly subdivision and that added a couple of hundred homes and a lot of kids uh, they built three mobile home parks which changed the voting dynamic of Calistoga because those were senior communities and, uh, and then we got water rationing and a no-growth ordinance and a lot of fighting at the city level over, you know, two parties over, over no growth and we need growth. And uh, that goes on till today, I believe. <laughs> I think it <laughs> but, does. Yeah. So what was the background to the establishment of the, of the mobile home parks? Um, not really sure. They, they, were, they were started as I was in L.A., and when we moved back in 74, they were all, three of them, I think, were pretty close to completion, if not completed. And the reason I remember that is because um, I had a very good market for mobile home insurance, and I wrote a ton of those mobile homes. Right back then, there were four insurance agencies in Calistoga. There was a state farm agent and a farmer's agent and two independent agents, myself and somebody by the name of Bill Sadler. Uh, eventually, Bill Sadler and I combined formed a partnership um, because the markets were getting harder and harder to place business with and we were more often than not getting together and splitting a, a risk between two companies. We thought, well, let's make this official. So we did that and then when Bill retired, I bought out his, his business. The State Farm agent became one of my best friends. Um, we met actually in Fort Bragg where my wife is from over dinner and Kathy's dad was, had invited Bill and Rita to come to dinner and he says, oh, I want you to meet Bill. He's, uh, you might get to know him. He's, he works for PG&E. He's some kind of an engineer with PG&E, but he's going to leave PG&E and start a new career. I said, well, what's that? He goes, he's going to be the new state farm agent in Calistoga. You know, my jaw dropped to the floor because the one had died on the golf course about two months earlier. So there was no state farm agent in town. And so John said, I'm going to make you guys promise right here that you will get along and you will help each other and you'll respect each other. And we did right up until we both retired. And Bill and I had a great relationship. If there was something he couldn't do, he knew he could refer it to me, and I would not go after the rest of the book. I would just take that one piece that he needed. And it worked both ways. So, But that was small-town Calistoga. That, that's how we did things. So before uh, you agreed to do this, uh, you, you uh, told me uh, to read a book that you gave me, uh, this book uh, by Peter Cagle, uh, Advice, Trials, and Tribulations of a Country Lawyer. Calistoga in 1973, which is, I think, where we are, yeah. to 1983. 
So how did you, you meet him? Well, when Peter moved to town, I was in the insurance business, and I wrote his office insurance. And he and I became um, personal friends. Um, ironically, in the book, you'll recall that his office burned. And it was in the old lumberyard site where the police department is now. And he mentions a local insurance man coming up and telling him, well, it looks like he got caught a little short. Well, that was my dad that said that to him. And that's kind of how I got to know Peter. He had to be sure and tell me that story. He goes, you know, Jim, I met your dad before he died. I go, really? He goes, yeah, he came up, put his arm around me, and, he's, and you know, Peter is about five foot four. And he put his arm on my shoulder and said, looks like you got caught a little short because he had no insurance on the building. And <laughs> to this day, I remember that. Peter still pops in two or three times a year, comes when I was in business, but come in the office and say hi we'd talk but yeah he um he's he's he was a t he was a good person he was a good person he was a bulldog in a fight and as the book says he decided to get into politics whether that ended up being good for him or not I'll never know but <laughs> as you saw in the book there were a lot of different things going on back then it, it really was um a good old boy network mm -hmm. back in those days but most small towns were sure. that's how they were run that's how they had to do business, and uh, he shook it up a little bit. And Nick Ruley, the the um, other councilman, um, he was right. You couldn't understand a word he said. I insured Nick, and half the time I couldn't understand what he was saying. But uh, How did both, he get elected if, if he could He just him? had, he had his followers, huh? you know. He had his, I mean, he was very Italian, and he, and he just, the people loved him. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was honest. Mm -hmm. He was honest. Mm -hmm. Just really, he was doing what he thought was right. For the community, but '73 would have been also been the time when that the Vietnam War was winding down, and there were cultural changes in in every town, but certainly mm -hmm. the smaller California towns. Yeah, um, the, the liberal influences from the Bay Area started to mm -hmm. put down roots. Uh, you know, didn't see a lot of that. I mean, here's here's a kid that two years earlier had been hike, marching down Higuera Street in San Luis Obispo protesting the war. So um, I didn't come to Calistoga expecting to do that and I didn't see that. It was pretty much, it pretty much was winding down by then. Um, and uh, the hard part, I mean, I, I can recall coming home while I was at Cal Poly for a funeral of somebody that was a year ahead of me in high school who had been killed in Vietnam. And I can, I still, it was an open casket. and I, I can't get that image out of my mind to this day of how can this be? This guy's one year older than me. And I was like 19 then. He was 20. And there he is. And for what? And it was one of the major, big families in Calistoga, Jimmy Fisher. And um, it just, it devastated me. And I ended up losing two classmates in that war. So it was real. Yeah. Yeah, it was real. To read the book, though, it sounds as if it was, you know, Peter and perhaps Nick fighting the um, the older culture. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and, uh, yeah. Well, you read the chapter about the election of trying to get a new city clerk and yes. how heavy-handed that was handled, and yes. uh, that's how it was yeah. done back then. When did that change? Um, to a more genteel. 
pleasant time. Not really until after Peter was gone. <laughs> it never really, never. We went through a handful. We we went to the city manager concept, and we went through a couple of people there that really weren't up to the job. And um, it, it took time. It, it's really been in the re, recent history of Calistoga that we've had what I consider a stable government. Yeah. I mean, visualize when I was a kid growing up here, there were three city employees. And one of them was the city treasurer, who also sent out the water bills. One was the city um, meter, I mean, the city public works guy who went out and read the meters and fixed leaks. I mean, and, and the police department had maybe a half a dozen officers, and the entire fire department was volunteer. The city ran on, on a shoestring. Um, but there wasn't the, the requirements, the needs, what we have today, you know. It um, a little, little different back then, yeah. You know, the, the joy of growing up here, I can remember we had a movie theater, something I wish we had today. And as a kid, it was, you didn't even think twice about letting your kids walk to town at dusk, go to a movie, walk home at 10.30 at night in the dark, all alone, never worry about anything. And I, one of my vivid childhood memories is, I, I must have been about 10 or 12 years old, I went to see The Time Machine. And I don't know if you've ever seen that or recall that, but it had these things in there called Morlocks. And they walked around in the dark with their eyes glowing. And I had to walk home from that movie in the dark. And behind every bush, I saw eyes glowing. I was scared to death, absolutely terrified that I was going to get attacked by a Morlock <laughs> walking home from the movie. <laughs> but it was, it was a, just a wonderful little town, you know. Do you think it's different for children growing up in the town today? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, there's just, I mean, it's all tech. Well, aside there's too from much the, other stuff aside from for the technology. It. Yeah. But the, but yeah. The safety. Yeah. From a safety standpoint, yeah, I think it's still, uh, compared to inner city and everything, it's absolutely a safe city. Yeah. You, you just, I, I would say virtually any act of violence that happens in this town is they know each other or it's related. There's, it, it's not random. It's, it's, um, it's not a, you know, we're not strong-arming people. We're not holding people up. It just, knock on wood, I think we're above that here. You know, I mean, the closest thing we had to a, a violent encounter was a few years ago when those two guys robbed the bank over in, I guess, Santa Rosa, and then they headed this way, and we had to, had to hold them off here, and we had helicopters and everything, but very unusual. You know, I, I still consider this an extremely safe town. I have no qualms about going out at night and walking. Yeah. Do you think your children will ever settle here, choose to live here? Well, they're close. Uh, my youngest son lives in Angwin, and they bought a house. Couldn't afford one in Calistoga, but they found a nice place, and they've put a lot of money into it. And then my oldest son, um, who's the anthropologist, finally got a, he finally got out of teaching because there was no future in it, um, and got a job for the state of California. And so he lives and works in Sacramento, and they just bought their first house. So I feel like they're, they're settled down. They're here to stay now. And, um, but again, and of course, Calistoga is affordable compared to St. Helena, but it's still, it's, it's out of the reach of, of a lot of young people who, with children, who are trying to make a start. But um, yeah, they're, they're not afraid to be here and they love coming here. You've seen a lot of, in your time here, you, I imagine people are always talking about the cost of, of a house for young families, mm -hmm. starter homes, things like that. And the, the city is, 
as I understand it, been you know focused on affordable housing for decades, mm-hmm. many decades, fifty years. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen any programs that you you thought were notably successful? Well, back in the about the time I'd say in about the early '80s, the city um, created a fund where they could make a second mortgage loan, mm-hmm. and you didn't have to. I think you didn't have to make payments on it. But if you ever sold property, you had to then pay it back. Mm-hmm. But it was an opportunity for people to buy a house with only a first mortgage. Mm-hmm. Basically, the city paid the down, the down payment for them. Or the, and uh, that seemed to work very well. And some of those people have since sold the homes, and the city's recovered its money and loaned it to somebody else. I don't know if it's still operating, if it's still working. I don't hear anything about it. Mm-hmm. And I do know that every time somebody now wants to develop property around here, the city requires them to throw in an element of affordable housing. Um, and you look down on Brandon Street at La Pradera and all of that, that's an example of affordable housing that worked. Yeah, so I, I think the city's been extremely proactive in that, in that area. Yeah. Do you have a, a vision for, you know, I mean, we, we're humans, we always want to improve the situation somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your vision for Calistoga? Well, <laughs> I, at the risk of getting of annoying some people, um, I, I, I think about the Yellow Rose Project out there, and it's beautiful to have a field with mustard in it and, and a view like that, but it's also an opportunity, I think, at, at a limited scale to bring some housing to Calistoga, and I, I'm I'm baffled by the animosity towards the owners of that property and what they want to do, and, and uh, it's like, come on, let's let's figure out a way to make this work. But um, that troubles me, and as a longtime Calistogan, if that attitude had existed in the early 70s, we wouldn't have three mobile home parks, and we wouldn't have Riverly, and we wouldn't have a school because we wouldn't have any children. And we're getting to that point now. Our population in our school is getting smaller and smaller, and um, that worries me. That troubles me. And um, other than that, I, I'm, I'm happy with the direction the city's going. I'm extremely pleased, and I'm a little bit biased because my wife was city clerk for five years, so I got to be at all the meetings and part of that, and, and I'm very pleased with the way the city's being governed. I think they're making decisions that are reasonable, and, I mean, they took us from the brink of bankruptcy to where we are today. And they didn't do it by themselves, but they knew to do it. They didn't keep kicking the can down the road like previous administrations. So, yeah, I, I have nothing but good things to, to say about the future of Calistoga. Not given the current circumstances, you know. I tell you, driving downtown right now, it, it harkens back to the late 50s, early 60s when you see four cars on the street it's kind of frightening. The last time I saw town this empty was during the Tubbs fire when uh, we evacuated and I came back with Kathy to work the EOC and uh, there was nobody here except Oakland police officers. Uh, yeah. Right. But just, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I'd do everything the same. I'd make a few changes in my personal life, but I would live in Calistoga if I could forever. It's just... Uh, and it was a great place to raise kids. You know, I, I can remember before the kids, when the kids would get in trouble, we'd know about it before they even got home. And that used to just make them so angry. 
you know, but somebody would call and say, hey, did you know Dan just got pulled over by the police? And, you know, it just, <laughs> but we felt, we felt safe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jim Flamson, thank you very much for your time and the conversation. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate it.